0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: hello and welcome to off the beaten track podcast how you all doing it's another week, therefore, it's another episode. And today's episode, it's wonderful. Uh, I was joined by not one but three guests. I was joined by the band, the whole band. Um, I was joined by Alice, Raquel, and Bella of Dreamwife. Dreamwife, who have just released their album and charted, done it all in lockdown. And we find out how, and we find out about all of the songs that have soundtracked um, their, their upbringing, their, their creative life so far. Um, and it's just a really fun fun chat uh, i spoke to um i think it was alice and bella were were, were in london and, and raquel was in reykjavik and uh, and we had a we had a real good time and you're about to hear this uh this chat now and um, before we um get on with it i just want to say um uh, a huge thanks to scroobies pip and everybody at the distraction pieces network uh thanks to 76 for producing this podcast um, and thanks to you lot for um continually supporting off the beaten track um if you enjoyed this episode and it's the first time you've listened to Off the Beaten Track and you want some more, then go and have a look in the archives because there's over 150 episodes with some of your favourite bands, actors, comedians, producers, DJs. Go, go and have a rummage in the archives and you'll find something um, that you will enjoy. I promise you. Um, okay, let's get back to today's episode. It gives me enormous joy to say please enjoy Off the Beaten Track podcast with Dreamwife. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing, www.sosclothing.co.uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fair Wear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of off the beaten track podcast let's get back to that podcast it's off the beaten track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him okay hello and welcome to off the beaten track podcast and today i'm joined by dream wife hello hey oh. hi so where whereabouts are you all Uh, Bella and myself are in South East London. Okay. Um, Bella, can you say hi so people can uh, work out what your voice is? Because we've got three voices, so I want everyone to know who's who. This is
2: Alice. Hey, everyone. And Bella
1: and I are in South East London. And
3: Raquel? And Raquel? I'm Raquel, and I'm in Iceland,
1: Reykjavik. Wonderful. All right, well, look, before we get on with uh, today's playlist um can i ask you like or how you found the recent uh lockdown situation as as human beings and as creatives
4: um i think it's one thing that me and alice because we live together and obviously we've toured together a lot is that um we've actually spoken about how in a lot of ways touring has kind of mentally prepared us to be able to do this you know like we're quite Accustomed to spending a lot of time together in fairly compromised situations, um, and like actually, you have a lot more autonomy in a, time van. In in a van. Back van. The van. The van is the compromise. <laughs> um, so yeah, like actually, yeah, kind of being separated from your friends and family and stuff is a fairly kind of normal thing. So yeah, grateful. Oh, and that just, like, submission to one day at a time, like, you're just here and now, and you're not really worrying about the end of this process. I feel like without those mechanisms, I would have found this all a lot harder.
2: I think as well it's been, like, a really nice thing for the three of us to have the record come out, you know, on the 3rd of July when it did. It's like, I think it was this really nice grounding physical moment of suddenly, like, the record is released and, like, this thing we made together, like, last year, suddenly kind of becoming real again in this more exterior way. And I think that's a really nice point of celebration
4: mm-hmm. for us three, even though we're, you know, all not in the same place. And like less than a right? week after the record stores reopened, you know, it's like, it's kind of wild that you can go out and buy
1: that record in a shop. <laughs> so he's like rough trading that's like open now. I've, I've no idea.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They're open. And we're album of the month.
1: What up? That do, not it? <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so well, let's let's start um, working our way through the track list. So uh, for track one, um, the song with the greatest ever intro. Oh. Anyone want
4: to go first? Shall I go? Yeah. Go
3: okay.
4: for it. I want to go for the chain by Fleetwood Mac. Um, that bass line is so. Oh, you just know something that's going to happen. And I feel like that's such an interesting song about being in a band, you know, just like that you will never break the chain because the bonds of being in a band is so tight. And you just know that's coming when you hear the stuff. It's like one of the most iconic bass lines out there, isn't yeah. it? It's like you, you hear that and you know what's coming. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> as a bassist, obviously I'm into that.
1: <laughs> I mean, if there's to be a bond... That's unbreakable in a band Fuck me Fleetwood Mac proved that didn't they I mean (laughs) could there have been (laughs)
4: He's not in the band anymore Like Bye
1: bye That's still like
3: a good solid 50, 60 years of being in a band together (laughs) Mm.
4: Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And
3: And even if you left in 2020 Like that's still a Wait where's my math I don't know at least 50 years Yeah
1: yeah yeah, I think. Um, I mean, it's well documented, like Fleetwood Mac's kind of uh, excess and kind of inter-band relationships. I mean, to still come out the other end of that as a band, pretty impressive, right? Exactly.
2: Absolutely. The music got, is
1: the we've glue. Got few, uh, we've got a few more. E-
2: Few more decades to go. <laughs> we're
1: getting stronger every day together. <laughs> okay, well, we're also um, not
3: dating each other, so that's a plus. That helps. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's way harder when you're actually oh, having actually, like, those relationships in a band. Yeah,
2: you're going
1: to be hyper intense, yeah. like oh my god. Who else has got a, an intro for me? Oh,
2: it's really difficult
1: because it's uh, meant to be difficult. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'm going to go for Five Years by David Bowie. I feel like...
1: Oh, great show.
2: Right now feels like it's kind of come round to this point of relevance again, actually. Like, when I heard it recently, I think, you know, that just opening guitar, those chords, there's something about the melancholy feeling, and it, it, it's another one, like, with the Fleetwood Map track. It's like, you know what's coming. You know that feeling just building in that intro, and it's, yeah. it's iconic in its own right. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there's a real relevance of of that track
1: and the sentiment of it, of it right now in the world, for sure. Perfect. Um, Recco, before I ask you what yours is, I just want to ask you collectively as a band, um, in, in regards to sort of intro, intros in music, um, is it something, is it a big consideration of yours when you're in the writing process to consider that kind of, it, in, in more kind of pop markets, it's the whole thing of like writing for radio, hook them in and try and grab them right from the off. How much of that is kind of, do you apply when you're you're writing music? Are you trying to kind of get in there straight away? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a bit of a loaded question.
2: I think it's something where the writing last year when we were writing So When You Gonna, a lot of the writing with that, we, we did so much of the pre-production ourselves in regard to, like, arrangement and the flow of the song and the, and the journey of the song as a whole. And I think there was a lot of time spent feeling what that was and kind of feeling that out as a unit and... Yeah, it was definitely part of the the writing conversation for us, just as much as like the instrumentation, or it was it was a vibe setter. And it, 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 intros are like that, and I think
4: yeah, it's it's important for us the, the journey of song takes you on. Yeah, I think we kind have of tried to have like different different types of intros, different ways of entering a song, different kind of lengths of that. Like it, yeah, it's really we were trying to do some variations, mm. variations on tone setting.
1: Mm-hmm. Recco, what's yours?
0: I'm
3: gonna say Robin dancing on my own Yes! like as soon as as soon as you hear the first two, three seconds, you're like, "Oh my God, I need to stop whatever I'm doing. I'm gonna clear the table and dance on it like yes. it's just it's just such a like like you just get goosebumps when you hear it like, when you hear it anywhere. It's hard not to to want to engage.
1: It's so weird you say that. I hadn't heard that song for about a year and, and I was in my car and it came on the other day. And literally, my wife just said to me, How fucking incredible is this record? And I was like, yeah. It's yeah. so good.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like interesting. It's like that, that sort of period of Robin was really cropping up when we were in the studio with, with Marta Slobby, our producer. It was kind of something we all kind of kept referencing, and particularly on tracks like old flame let's see on the record it was like a real reference point and yeah that bittersweet robin vibe she sucks you in from the start <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely okay track two the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you
2: i mean i would actually say hey mickey by tony basil <gasps>
1: amazing
2: i mean it was like a song i remember when i was a younger girl it was I don't know it just it kind of turned me on like and I think it was something about this kind of like this kind of rock fused with this cheerleader thing and like I don't know it was stuff I didn't really understand at the time but I think that really was a song where it was like rock and roll is so sexy and and that song for me when I was younger was it really made me feel like wow like rock's firing me up kind of thing like but I guess yeah Tony Basil uh (laughs) hey Mickey we actually we actually once did a cover of that song uh, in our early days (laughs) do you remember Raquel
3: yeah it was great we called it Hey Llama Hey
4: (laughs) (laughs) Llama we used to change the name and sing it to whatever friends were in in the audience and Llama is a friend not an animal
1: (laughs) 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 I mean that's the versatile approach you can apply that at any gig to any person right that's great
2: I, I swear you used to do that Raquel like but I
1: would yeah. like. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we we
4: we <laughs> sing it to you that person
1: that night. It was really nice. They felt really special. I mean that that yeah. that, that song <laughs> is definitely something that's. Um, I mean, way before your time. I mean, that came out when I was probably about six or seven, and 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 for a, a young lad seeing Tony Basil, like uh, I, you know, it was incredible. You know, she was like uh, an mm-hmm. absolute badass because she's like um she's a, a a music choreographer now, isn't she? She's like, um, yeah, she's a huge, she's like choreographed. Like, uh, I think she choreographed things like sort of Janet Jackson, and Mariah Carey. Like she's a huge, um, uh, choreographer for, for music videos. Oh, amazing. Oh, we should work with her. Yeah, we should work with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm going to ask, what what was the um, emotion that, uh, that that gave you?
2: I mean, I think it's just that kind of, like, raw kind of attraction to guitars and how loud they can be. But then also, yeah. like, I think it was, like, Hey Mickey, the, the lyrical content of that song as well. I think it was, like, this woman being, like, outwardly, like, hey, like, you're so fine and, like, you make me feel this way. And, like, the, the guitars totally reflect that and, I think there's definitely parts of dream wife where It's that kind of interplay between like really, really cheeky and sexy and really, really rocking. And like, and it's that, that it's just so much fun live. And I think on record, it, it summons that feeling in me of like, just rock, like the way it can just buzz you up. And it just makes me feel happy. It makes me feel excited. Or did right. when I was a child.
1: <laughs> um, Bella.
4: Um, I'm going to go for reach out by the four tops. Uh Ooh, um, yeah, my mom had this like Motown CD, which was like a real, uh, soundtrack to my life for a while. It was like the the first music I'd like choose to put on. This was maybe six, seven. Um, and I just remember that song and like how it's like, it's so, it feels so safe and so loving, but so powerful as well. Um, yeah and it
1: it makes me want to dance yeah i love the 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 depth of it and the meatiness of it it's it's so it's so mad that you say that um (laughs) there's i reckon there's been probably at least i reckon a half of the guests that have been on this podcast have cited a motang compilation growing up as a hugely important album in their household um and so was was there I will ask you all as well before I I get to Raquel's choice. Um what was um was there music on for, for most of you growing up at home? Was you like sort of exposed to like, you know, a record collection?
4: Yes. Yeah, my dad is like the classic six music dad. Um, we had six music on in the house since it was initiated. Um and my mum kind of sits somewhere between like pop punk and R and B. Um <laughs> But she doesn't. She hasn't. She has less control over what music is played. Six music is always on. But you know, she took me to see Green Day
2: when I was eleven. I just don't think you'd. you never like. You'd never look at Bella's mum. You'd never meet Bella's mum and be like, "Oh yeah, she's totally into this like mix between R and B and pop." Punk. Like you just wouldn't guess.
4: Yeah, she's a mysterious lady.
1: <laughs> is that a thing, Six Music Dad? Because I've just realised I'm going to have to tell my kids that that's what I am now. I'm Six Music Dad. <laughs> 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 Six music have been loving you this week, haven't they?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. We are thankful for that.
1: <laughs> um, Rekel, what song was the first uh, song that gave you, a, that, that you had an emotional response to?
3: Um, this is a bit of a hard one. I'm going to go with uh, Madonna, The Power of Goodbye. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think actually in my house I grew up in California uh, until I was a preteen and I don't really remember being much inside the house. I um, I stayed a lot inside the house when we moved to Iceland because it was cold. But I just remember being outside most of my childhood so I don't think I actually listened to that much music (laughs) Um, because I was outside the whole time or at the beach or something. But Actually, my parents, uh, they played a lot of Madonna and, and, like, the Smiths. But I remember hearing The Power of Goodbye and just being, like, completely, like, I had to sit down. Like, I had to, you know, it's like eating a full meal. You can't just stand up right away. You had to really sit down and sort of let the kind of the waves of emotions that the song was going through sort of sit over you just as like
0: a, as a child. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: Oh, the emotional response to that song would have been what emotion?
3: I think just it was so epic, like the string quartet. And I think this like feeling like, Because as a kid, you haven't really experienced this kind of like, well, for me, I hadn't said goodbye to anyone at that point. And this kind of idea of being sort of heartbroken, but also present and also strong, like these kind of various emotions that she brings in that song. And as a kid, I wanted to experience them, like experiencing love and experiencing heartbreak and experiencing having. In general, just having to say goodbye to someone and what that emotion was, because I didn't know that. Um, so, and I think I just really wanted to take it in, so I couldn't really move when that sound um, came along. I sat it down.
1: Wonderful. Okay. Track three. The song reminds you of your time at school.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Alice, hey, Mickey. <laughs> 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 it's
0: going <gotta> to be <sighs>
2: Maybe I should just answer that for every single answer here. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to, oh, this is just tricky. Mm. Oh, I mean.
3: I'm going to say a Cisco thong song for me. <laughs> Do you remember that Cisco song? Yeah. Let me see that thong. Yeah. And oh, literally. Yeah. I had no idea what a thong was. Like, we didn't know that. We were just singing along to it. That was literally the song that was played at like every school dance, and everyone sang along, and they didn't even know what a, what a song was.
1: <laughs> um. Well, before um, I ask uh, you to what yours are like. Just the, uh, you know, ask all of you now. Like, how, how was school? Was it something you enjoyed?
2: I mean. <laughs> I think, I think the thing we really like about dream I think, is that we get to kind of create the structure in which we kind of move through and engage with the mm-hmm. world and I think there's something like one for instance when we were at uni I think there was something kind of claustrophobic about kind of being told the way in which you should be making art let's say and I think all of this kind of instinctively it's like been sort of finding our own path and figuring things out on our terms and I think I know personally for me at school I I kind of didn't really like the the way you were kind of told this is right this is wrong and it's something where I think yeah it was sort of tricky I just kind of got by Mm -hmm. I didn't really enjoy it I didn't really have many friends I just kind of got by and actually retreated into music mostly so I think probably all of us in different ways it maybe was a similar sort of situation of finding things that I don't know, it mattered to us outside maybe what you were told should matter at school or something.
4: Yeah, school was a lonely and difficult time in a lot of ways. Um, And yet, like Alice was saying, it's like you're kind of told all this stuff is, like, the only way it can be. Or Like, yeah, like, I went to a Church of England school, like a state school, but it was religious. And um, that kind of, like, being forcibly subscribed to this, like, kind of system, like... Yeah, the only time I'd ever, like, talk in class was when i get into fights with my RE teacher. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me and Alice are from Somerset, so it's kind of, like, slightly rural, kind of curtain-twitchy. It's quite a lot like Hot Fuzz, if you imagine going to school in that movie.
1: I <laughs> for the greater good. Um, so what did you just want to be at school was music already like something that was a focus and 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 if and and as well as that if music was something that you were focusing on at school was that kind of creative element of, of of your 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 education being encouraged
3: i was quite fortunate to actually quite like well, I liked school, but it was easier in California when you can be outside the whole time. It was really difficult adjusting to having, you know, going out for lunch and it's snowing, and you're just <laughs> supposed to do that. Like, temperature-wise, it was difficult, but it was all right for me. But I was very fortunate to to be from a family that works in arts, and theater and music so it was really great to sort of see that as a norm and see that as a paying job and not to see it as something that was um, a distant reality but something that y- you were encouraged to um to dive into yeah so i was really fortunate and as a kid i thought that was a norm and then when i grew older i realized that wasn't a norm and I'm very thankful for having
2: that. Alice. Wait, was this what we what we wanted to be at school?
1: Yeah, and was like, you know, was you a creative kid, and was that encouraged at school?
2: I mean, I think it was like it was really encouraged outside of school for me. Like, my dad studied sculpture, like my mum had a background in kind of graphic design and stuff, and I think both of them really encouraged me to figure things out on my own in my own kind of creative space. And like for me, that was my bedroom. And it was, I mean, in a way still now, I think having that kind of intimate personal space to explore things creatively is still, in a way, it's kind of like therapy for me and it always has been. It's been a friend that's always been there. And I think, yeah, it's, I would say in school, it was kind of like, I i was mostly friends with boys and at primary school, I played clarinet, but I wasn't really that into it. It was like, I learned music, but it was more exciting to me to be, playing the bongos in a band in year six called like ak-47 like it's really fucked up now but like just i remember like me and this guy called seb it was like we were going to start this band called ak-47 it's like i started out on bongos and then i moved up to electric guitar playing like deep purple tracks like it was a thing where it was like it was outside of school and the breaking down of maybe the rules of like what you should and shouldn't do as as a little girl as well i think none of that ever i didn't really care about like Playing with dollars or anything like that it was sort of about exploring things outside of the structures i think for a long time and yeah these things existed definitely outside of outside of my time in school like, i did well at school but i just kind of put my head down and did it it was i think yeah it was more exciting for me everything else that was there to learn that wasn't being taught to you directly through this kind of curriculum i guess
1: okay. uh, props to the name ak47 that's fucking great <laughs> <laughs> um track four i'm going to ask you the first song you remember buying from a record store but i imagine um look, looking at um use it would have been a cd i can't imagine it was uh i think records were probably disappeared by then but
3: they're, you know back
2: now.
1: Not... they're back in a vengeance who's going to go first i mean it's
2: like i'm not very proud of this because i don't really you're not like meant to be ever. proud of this one
1: this is the one where all your call goes out the window
2: yeah, exactly um i remember buying uh i think it was feeder buck rogers and like it's like i don't like even you know feeder so what but i remember just really really loving the riff and the simplicity of it and it was kind of like it's got that kind of blur song to feel where it's just it's kind of just powerful pop really um but with guitars and yeah i, I remember sort of thinking at the time like oh I, I just really like the way this sounds so yeah it's an
1: indie disco cool. classic isn't of
2: <laughs> i'm just not so sure am <laughs> not so sure anymore
1: <laughs> better
4: again this one i'm kind of i think i've only maybe only ever bought one single ever and it's it feels embarrassing yes uh noah and the whale five years time <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a sunshine folk rock. Um, It was very much a kind of relationship with my friend Sarah thing. And um, we really liked that song together. And so I bought that on a CD. But, like, yeah, I've never bought songs, really.
1: Yeah. I've never heard the word sunshine folk rock. I'm loving it. (laughs) Let's bring that back.
3: (laughs) I remember mine. Well, I, we talk about songs or albums.
1: It can be either.
3: Okay. Um, I actually remember it was an uh, album. That's an album. Um, I bought Millennium. Will ah! Smith. oh <laughs> my god! You did. Oh, my yeah, god. that was. I think I bought, but then also, like, I remember going to the store at the you know the record store, at my friend you know went to the mall exciting times and the guy at the record store was encouraging me to buy Linkin Park Oh my god! so I ended god. up walking out with Linkin Park and I was like sure okay <laughs> and then yeah that was my first trip to like the record store with my friend and her mom or something so nice. yeah Willen- Willenium and the Linkin Park record <laughs> I've listened to them both a lot <laughs> they were the best
1: and so while we talk about record stores um and 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 the importance of them as you know in your kind of formative years going and buying your first records or cds and stuff like that how much as as an independent band now how important are those independent record stores to dream wife
2: i mean it was something quite like for instance, what we did with the release of So When You Go, We were we were planning to do a tour of, of record stores and, and that obviously for reasons with the pandemic didn't happen. And it was something where it was really nice to continue that conversation kind of down on the ground with these independent record stores, giving them like we gave them all a kind of virtual version of five tracks on the on the record. And it was something we'd we'd filmed and recorded during during quarantine. So when we were all in these separate places, and there was something there was something really nice about still kind of in this virtual way, touching base with these distributors, these, these places where it's like they're independent. It's, it's, it's really nice community to be touching base with aside from it being a shop. You know what I mean? I think it was really nice for for their channels to reach out to these, these communities of people where it really matters records, the physical format it's, it's still so important. And I think now more than ever where, you know, things are maybe more dislocated, non-physical and, like i said earlier it's really nice the idea of like this record coming out in the physical and people going to the shop and buying that and it's this this kind of physical way to connect through to to the music still and yeah it's obviously right now more than ever i think it's it's about supporting them and keeping that keeping that community alive really
4: yeah i think the music industry is like such a, a big complicated mess of people kind of trying to push their own agendas and it's like so dominated by, like, a few big powers that have a lot of money, and I think um, independent record stores is, like, a, an, an avenue and a space for kind of um, diffusing that very kind of linear power is super important. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was, like, interesting because we were kind of engaged in this whole, like, rush for the top 20, like, really trying to um, get in the top 20 with the first week of our album sales, and, like, just looking at how... Dominated that list was by like a very few, like small set of institutions. Um, I think, yeah, power power to the independents that's that's what we need, yes. 100%.
3: Also, the result from that is what we found out, which was, um, so technically, this we're, we're still we're still on the top this week, not until Friday that changes, but uh, we're number eight team, we're very proud, but um, we also even the even better news that came from that was that our record. So when you gonna was the most sold records from all the independent record stores that, this week,
0: cool that's that? a
3: huge compliment, like to know that people like went into the store and bought it from their local record shop. And that made everything. That's why we got into the top list is because of people buying physical copies. Mm-hmm. Cause we, I mean, we sort of found out that we had a chance to the top 20. We were looking into it and we, a lot of stuff that we didn't realize, for example, like one record bot equals a thousand streams. Okay. I didn't realize it was that much of a, so actually going out and supporting a band or a message that you want to support um, has such a big way on this list, and also this list, we also found out that it's not a number. Um, that actually, it has a lot of weight. For example, we've been played a lot on Radio Six this week. The reason why was probably because of this list.
1: Sure.
3: Um, and it's basically has a huge um, importance on on where you, where you're placed at festivals, um, your fee at festivals, and. In general, bookings at festivals that maybe are lacking in diversity, but if your booking agent sort of presents uh, your act as, you know, as something that has been selling, like a top 20 record, that sort of makes it possible for you to get booked at these places too. So it's radio play and festivals. That's actually what that list is all about. And that's pretty amazing, like actually having – you know letting people know about that how important actually one physical copy weighs against you know the major streaming network
1: i did not know that it's crazy
3: yeah it's really important
2: boring of support but like in this kind of down on the ground grassroots kind of way like that it was people going into record stores and buying buying records that like kind of tipped us into the top 20 it was just incredible that there's still so much power and weight to that it really matters still
1: Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is...
0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go
4: to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat
0: toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
1: The songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, Just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Next track, the song... That soundtrack your years clubbing. You're young. You're still clubbing. So um, uh, you, you can be retrospective oh, if you want. Sorry, Ben, I missed that.
4: All the, the clubs are shut right now.
1: I know. I run one. I have. I have a club that's not open. It's, uh, no. it's killing me. That's hard. Um, okay, mm-hmm. who wants to go first?
3: Can you didn't you make a club in your living room? Yes. You guys. Yeah. You guys have a club at your house.
4: but actually not anymore right now but it could be set up sometimes the kitchen is a club sometimes the garden is a club
1: Um, first time
4: really impressive (laughs) lights and kind of lights that pulsate in time with the music um so it's quite easy to get a vibe going i mean i would say
2: years clubbing (laughs) is. It's, it's been peaches. a while, it's, it's all been peaches. a
4: while, I and mean, it's it's probably just pure peach, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with, I feel cream. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like I really remember, like in Brighton, I feel like those were my kind of yeah. most hardcore clubbing days, and I feel like any time I listened to Peaches, it would just get me in exactly the right
1: mood. So clubbing was in Brighton? We went to uni
4: there. Yeah, and we
2: there. went to uni, did some parties at my old flat I remember I mean maybe I'll put this on there because this reminds me of this specific birthday I had when Raquel you came over with that massive bottle of champagne do you remember that like mega sized bottle it was like was it my 21st or something I can't remember it was like you came over and B was there a few other friends there and stuff and Raquel you put on is it justice we are your friends oh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah fond memories of that moment and we were just dancing around in the flat I think probably with a stroke light, like, I had a smoke machine down there and stuff and it was just a really nice moment and like I'd just gone through a breakup and it was a thing where it was a really nice moment of like all these people are here and they care and it, it's a really nice time and it was a really it wasn't necessarily like the clubbing years but it's, it was definitely part of that and for me that was a really sort of important moment in that um in a way of just like friendship and people just coming together and dancing and the joy
3: in that. Um, but yeah, that great. was a really great
2: birthday. And I was just, we are your friends. Perfect.
3: I love Perfect. that song. This is probably why I put it on your birthday. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's such a good, it's such a good um, fist pumping song. Like everyone's floor is in strobe lights and everyone's like punching, <laughs> punching the air and, and then everyone's hugging and then you're punching the air again. You know, that's the club song.
1: Do you you know the story behind that song? No, it's quite crazy. So um, there's DJ called Eddie Temple Morris, and he used to be—I think he's on like Virgin now, but he used to be on um, Radio X when it was XFM. Uh, And he had a a show on there where he was encouraging people. At the time, there was lots of like mashups going on where people sort of smashed the two songs together. And he'd done a competition, and and obviously someone mashed Justice with Simeon. And it got played on that show and went fucking crazy. And then, obviously, from then on, it became this huge, huge tune. So
3: it was a, it was a coincidence. Okay. It wasn't
4: the band. Mm. What? That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Is it Justice and Mobile Disco? Is
1: that? Yeah. Ah, wow.
4: Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: <laughs>
4: that- yeah.
1: um, so whereabouts was, was was clubbing in Brighton? I'm just thinking back to then.
4: Mostly Alice's yeah. flat. And there was some other friends that lived kind of across the road from Alice that had a basement and lots of we, strobe lights as well.
2: Of, yeah, we were, like, friends with people that, I mean, had kind of continued to be true-off collaborators since uni as well. But I think, yeah, we were, like, friends with a group that also had some strobe lights and smoke machines. And we would just kind of – remember I'm there was like one the theme, Yeah. That- <laughs> But, like, there was one summer where I remember, like, a lot of people had kind of gone home and there were, like, it was just kind of, like, this random little group left. And we were just doing a lot of just our own parties under strobe, like, in each other's living rooms and stuff like that. And it was a real feeling of, like, you could just, it brightened so small, and you could always just walk to people's houses. And it was, the house parties there were, like, I, I remember, like, sometimes you'd go out to revenge, like, sometimes if you wanted to, like, go and dance. But really, it was, like it was all about the house party in Brighton mm-hmm. and definitely at uni in that time. And we were, you know, we were in, we were like studying art and it was like this split discipline mixed campus where I think there was a real crossing of different creative minds. I mean, it's like we were all on different courses when we when we created this band there. And I think there was a real excitement about like just kind of, yeah, kind of just being freaky together, actually.
3: Also, <laughs> at, like at a Brian lot of our first shows I. were house parties. Like, it was so much like, the whole culture was built around house party. Um, even like, like going to concerts, you go to house party. And it's such a beautiful thing to have that. I think I remember when we moved to London, we were like, I miss house party. <laughs> 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 but like, we have everything else, but not enough house
1: party. Um, Raquel, what song soundtracked um, clubbing for you?
3: I think it was We Are Your Friends actually. That is like that is the fist puncher. It's just Oh man, I didn't know that story. That's such a cool that's such a cool way of of a song appearing yeah. and becoming a huge club track.
1: Yeah, huge <laughs> as well. Massive. Okay, track six. Uh favorite song from oh the arts. Actually sorry, go for it.
3: I do have an answer. Okay. The Venga Boys.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. The Vengaboys are calling. Da, 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 da. That song, <laughs> I mean, I, I have, like, every single time that comes on, I, I have this, like, choreographed dance routine <laughs> that um, <laughs> a few friends of mine, uh, we always do, and then we teach everyone who doesn't know the dance routine, or I teach people <laughs> my dance routine. But it's, like, it's really fun to have, like, a song that you just have to do with dance routine too. That you've been doing this since you were fifteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, for track six, favorite song from an artist from your home county.
4: Oh, uh, oh no! I I don't we, wanna... we can go PJ and Portishead. Okay. PJ and put his head. We're I from Somerset. Just... Not many bands are from Somerset. So, like, the obvious, and this is not making the cut,
2: the obvious band that we maybe would go to would be the Wurzles.
1: Obviously.
4: <laughs> you but but we're not going to go, there. No, we're not going to go. <laughs> did see the Wurzels live at Webmore Harvest Home once? Thirty it's a very attractive. <laughs> um,
1: so I mean, are you throwing a, a Bristol making the cut for this? Well,
4: well, Portishead and PJ Harvey are the, the best things. Okay. Um, Porter's Head Glory Box, yeah, my choice. And I will go for PJ Harvey Man's Side. Yes,
1: ah, oh, great tune, great tune. Yeah, I think, uh, well, yeah, you've uh, you, you've nailed it there with best two absolute stone cold killers there. Um, <laughs> you, you better deliver now, Raquel, because they've set the bar pretty high. <laughs> how,
4: how how they're all musicians. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm I'm a bit spoiled by choice. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, the obvious question, I mean, the obvious answer to this question is, is Björk, but I feel like she's the less obvious one. Um, I think my friend Ole. Okay. Olavir Arnalds. His name is, Uh, yeah. I think there's one song called uh, Le- Leosif, which means the lights. He's a pianist. And I think that's one of the most beautiful songs to come out of this country.
1: Is is that something that's available on Spotify? Because i put a playlist together with all of the songs that we talk about.
3: Yeah, he's, he's huge in the piano um, atmospheric world. Uh, he won a BAFTA once. So he's definitely on Spotify. (laughs)
1: Wonderful. Um, Okay. So for the final track, you all get to play DJs now and and you get to pick a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear.
4: Okay.
1: Mm. (laughs) Okay.
4: I came up with proper answers for the start of the interview and then I, I didn't, I didn't go all the way to the end to have solid things, but
1: this this is what's happened. You've tried tried to wing it, haven't you?
4: A little bit, a little bit. (laughs) A half wing. Half crap, half wing.
3: Um, That's healthy though.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like throw some porridge radio into the mix for and friends of ours, and um, they released an album earlier this year that was really, really good, really like raw, really emotionally honest. Um, And as for the track, maybe I will go for Give Take, because I made the music video for that. Um, And it's a really really fun song about like wanting things, but not wanting things and like the kind of mixed up. Feelings that desire can, can bring.
2: Perfect. Um, I'm going to go for Rina Saoyama, Bad Friend. Um, she's like, just, she's just incredible. She's just got signed to Dirty Hit and she's released this brilliant album. And Bad Friend is, I guess, the most recent single of it. And it's like, it's really nice to hear a song that's like a, talking about friendship and like these feelings these complicated emotional feelings surrounding that, rather than it, it being maybe about this kind of like I know mean, more stereotypical kind of like love interest type thing, it, it's really nice to hear a song that's exploring like friendship, and it's also just a really great song. <laughs> but yeah, Rena, she's like a favourite pop star.
3: Perfect. I really love that song, "Bad Friend," in a in a way that I think we've quite reflected. I um I think being away on tour a lot. Um, and not being able to be physically present with your friends back home um, and maybe feeling it kind of, or family, or feeling kind of a guilt from that. I felt like that song definitely looked at that mutual feeling of when you're away and you feel like you're a bad friend. But you just got to pick up the phone again. And and friendship, um, you know, it's always going to be there if there was love at the start
1: So are you going to Are you going with that tune Or do you want to pick a different one Michael?
3: No I just wanted to talk about how great that tune is <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Nova Twins uh, A song called Taxi Nice uh, Their music video to that song Just like it looks as if it's The Matrix Yeah <laughs> And they just—they're just one of the most incredible live bands. They're—they're um, they're also, yeah, friends of ours, and just one of the most incredible bands out there. And I love their music and the power they bring.
1: Yeah,
3: the power and kindness they bring as well. It's just—it's one of a kind.
1: Do you know them? They're doing this next week.
3: Are what? they? Oh, <laughs> Wow, they are so amazing
1: yeah yeah, yeah the wonderful band um so as we it would appear seem to be finding our way out of lockdown slowly but but surely um when when everything's back to a kind of safe and nice place to go out again um what's the plan I mean you've put an album out in lockdown which is which is amazing and to to chart in such a situation is incredible um so what's to be? What's to be done when, when you're out of lockdown? What's, what's coming up?
4: I want to swim in the sea.
1: You want to swim in the sea? Okay. I, sw- I was swam, swam in a river about two weeks ago.
4: Oh, did it feel good?
1: It was beautiful. It's, it's actually my, my, my weird little thing while swimming. It's my, my favourite thing to do, go and find weird <laughs> lakes and jump in them.
4: <laughs> yes. Yes. You and I both, my friend.
1: It's good for the soul. <laughs> It really is.
4: Absolutely cleansing. Mm. Um but also obviously very much looking forward to the rock show and when we can get back to that. Like it I think releasing an album during lockdown has been very strange for this band particularly because like we really the whole premise of this band is like built off of the live show. You know, like that is the kind of the the beating heart of the band and um it's been really interesting to process releasing music and what that is without doing shows. Like, it's definitely provided different perspectives that I'm grateful for, but also, that's, like, the consummation, you know? That's, like, the the really alive bit, like, really physically sharing that music with people in a space, and mm, yeah, rock and roll. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, no, I think it is. It's, like,
2: it's literally like stripped back. It's kind of, like, standing in the same space and all feeling the same vibrations and it's mm-hmm. like, I think yeah, it's it's a really strange thing because we recorded this record wrote it without really many live shows around that process and, and these songs, many of them we haven't played live before so it's a thing where it, it is just going to be amazing to be present in these new vibrations with everyone together all of us together kind of thing Present <laughs> in the new vibrations
1: <laughs> Rakko?
3: um yeah the rock show it's um iceland uh, has gone well iceland never went into lockdown but it's sort of things are just back to normal here and all my friends are starting their jobs again and and living life just how it was and i feel a little bit like um i can't start my job again like my job and my industry I, it's almost hard to articulate it to some of my friends here because it's it's such a big question mark when the, because that will be when the last industries to start again, which is live music. And um, we don't know when that's going to start again. And that is a bit of a heartbreak. Like some, <laughs> sometimes, there's, sometimes I dream about being back on stage and, and it's just, just to feel the energy of being in a, in a packed room with people and sharing this experience together, which is a live show. It's, just, it's such a mixture of kind of meditation and um, to be able to express various emotions and feel safe within a group of people. Uh, as, as, an, as, as an audience as well. That's how I feel as well, going to gigs, and especially festivals. So when that happens again, that's just, yeah, that is going to be the dream come true.
1: Wonderful. Um, Ladies, thank you so much for giving up your time today. I really appreciate it. Congratulations uh, on the album. It's it's so impressive what you've done. And, yeah, I can't wait to come and see you soon.
4: Thank you for the chat. Yeah, thank you. Enjoyed this. (laughs)
1: Thanks, (laughs) ladies, girls. See you soon. There you go. Dream Wife. The whole band. Well, that's a first. Um, so, yeah, huge thank yous to uh, Alice, Raquel and Bella. Um, super kind of them all to to jump on and, and and have a chat. We got to speak about so much more music than uh, we usually would because uh, there was loads and loads of different answers. So it was um, a real joy to do that. Um, go and um, well, go and follow Dreamwife if you're not following them already. All the links will be on all the... Um, uh, social medias and everything I do when I post this and shout about this so go and give it a click and follow me if you're not already and, and go and give them a listen and, and better still go and buy the album you know you heard about the stats go and buy the album support independent music um, and yeah support Dreamwife because well you've just heard that they're, they're absolutely ace. Um, thanks loads again um, to uh, to Dreamwife. Thanks loads to you for listening. Um, I'll be back next week with another episode. If you can't wait until then, go and have a rummage in the archives like I mentioned at the beginning. Stacks and stacks of um, of pod chats to be um, gorged on there. So go and get stuck in. Um, have a safe week and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine it's called pod bible now pod bible is the new essential guide to podcasts it's put together alongside spotify and acast and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about but definitely about a lot of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about i mean in the first edition there's interviews with adam buxton interviews with craig parkinson uh, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy. Then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stew, with it.)